one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Atomic Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me is Chief Godzall, just Tyler. Tyler, welcome back once again, buddy. Thanks for having me back here. Uh, I would like to say that today's subject is uh, probably the favorite movie of the B-52s, because this may or may not be the inspiration for Rock Lobster. Probably. Uh, so, yes. So, uh, without further ado... Uh, we are we are discussing um, Ebra Horror of the Deep, uh, the, the also known as Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Yes, which was released uh, directly to um, to television. It did not get a theatrical release uh, in America. It was just directed directed to TV because, honestly, it kind of deserves it. Um, yeah. So. After uh, God's uh, Invasion of Astro Monster, which we, we liked, we thought it was a very fun movie, <coughs> we get this one. So let's run down the stats real quick for Ebra. This is the first movie in quite some time that we have not, it's not been directed by Ishiro Honda, uh, and you can definitely tell. Uh, it's directed by Jun Fukuda. Uh, course Who we will not be seeing the last of. No, we won't. This he directs one of my favorites, Godzilla vs. Megalon. Yes, we're go- yes. Uh, you can definitely see seeds of it here, too. Uh, produced by Tomoyuki Tanaka, of course. Screened by, once again, by Shinichi Sekizawa. Starring uh, familiar face uh, Akira Takarada, Kumi Mizuno, uh, Chotaro Togin, Hideo Suzu- uh, and Hideo Su- Sunazaku. Um... And music by Masaru Sato, uh, so another different different voice. This was released in December seventeenth, nineteen sixty six, with a running time of eighty seven. Would be my birthday if I was born. Yeah, um, and uh, made a box office roughly three hundred thirty million yen. So this is an odd movie. Um, Hell yeah, it is. But it's also awesome. I kind of expected it to be bored and be like... An- I, I'm not going to lie, Tyler. Just to get right into it. I expected another Raids again uh, with this. Cause- yeah, I was kind of expecting this to be a snore fest as well. But nearly 52 minutes in, that's where things get interesting. Yeah. Um, and... I, and, and <sighs> And I don't know. Maybe it's and listen. Let's get the monkey out of the out of the out of the way first. And I say that intentionally because this movie was not supposed to star Godzilla. Nope. This was supposed to be King Kong in the role. Yes. Uh, and you, and I think you can tell because Ebra uh, and we'll talk about Ebra in a, in a bit. Um, is not a foe that you would think would fight Godzilla, considering it's just a giant crab. A giant enemy crab. Yeah, exactly. Attack its weak point for massive damage. <laughs> oh my god. Such an old meme. Um, like, and then also there's certain mannerisms that Godzilla has. We'll get to more in there. But there's there's evidence that, yeah, this is totally supposed to, ki- to be a King Kong movie. But I think they lost the rights to, uh, to Kong back to RKO Pictures or something. Uh, wasn't that, uh... Wasn't the Toho movie uh, that was uh, the King Kong film uh, made the uh, next year after this? I don't remember, honestly. I didn't bother looking that up. Because I believe that that King Kong film came out in 1967. Oh, okay. Maybe, it's, may, maybe it did, but maybe they changed their plans at the last minute 
And um, I'm pretty sure they only changed it because Godzilla has more key, marquee mark uh, value. At, le- at least it's probably in Japan, um, probably um, for sure. Um, but so l- let's let's get right into it. Uh, so let- let's talk about the titular monster, Ebra, uh, the horror of the deep. Which I- I'm not gonna lie, I-, I love that as a title for the movie. Um, Great title for such an underwhelming monster. Yes and no. Um, I will say. The first time we see Ebra, uh, where, uh, and we'll get to why there's a yacht, there's a stolen yacht scene in a bit, but that, when they're in the, when it's in the storm and all you see is this gigantic claw, that was a pretty good terrifying shot. Yeah, that was a pretty good shot. Also, uh, you could hear the James Bond theme or something that sounds like it. A little, yeah, you could definitely hear it for sure. Um... (laughs) But yeah, Ebra is, there's nothing special about Ebra. Uh, honestly, it's just a giant enemy crab, literally an enemy uh, uh, species of crab. He doesn't have laser beams. Like it's it's kind of like we were at Ghidorah the last two movies, and even Mothra before. And yeah, we're gonna just a giant sea monster. Which like all he does is uh, bonk you with his giant claw. That's about it. Yeah. He also tries to give you the clamps. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, Ebra comes back in Godzilla Final Wars and gets like a pretty good set piece, uh, like where the hu- humans take him down. Which that's how weak he is. Humans can take him down. Um, oh, okay. So that's a nice little thing we'll get to in the in in a couple months, or not couple, several months, um, maybe a year. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Ebra isn't itself a like the coolest monster but i'm always fascinated by huge deep sea monstrosities anyways uh to me he serves more like a gigantic plot device like he's a reverse bouncer of the island that the characters are on yeah um so basically uh yeah so so unfortunately i think his roar sounded like rodan slightly tweaked a little bit his roar probably yeah his roar sounded very familiar um but like the best parts are when you don't see him fully cuz once you see him in all his crabby glory he kind of loses his mystique yeah he he looks kind of cheap to be honest yeah um and and uh, <laughs> i mean i think it's a cool idea right and i think if it was like a i think if he didn't Honestly, I believe this. If this was just a Ebra movie, right? Like, it just happens to follow some humans who get into some shenanigans, and there's a monster that's keeping them from getting off this island. I think it will. he would be considered okay. And a, I think Probably. This, I think it would be considered a fine monster movie. But with Godzilla being put in there, that's kind of a little extra prestige where I'm like, well, he's just a joke at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, Ebra isn't... You know, there's a, there's a reason. I don't even think he shows up in Destroy All Monsters, honestly. I don't... Like, all of Earth's monsters come together to unite against against a certain foe in that movie, which we're not that far from. I think we're, like, only two movies away, actually. Um, I'm pretty sure he was declawed by that point. Yeah, or dead, or eaten. <laughs> Probably eaten. Um, uh, prepped into a lobster dinner by Godzilla for Mothra. It, Such a romantic, that guy. Yes, he is. Um, so, yeah, there's not much to say about Ebra... Um, unfortunately, it's an interesting idea, but I feel like this would have been better served, like, if they didn't. He, the monster would have been served more justice if, they, if it wasn't put up against Godzilla. 
Because if you put him against Godzilla, it just looks like, what are you doing, buddy? You're punching above your weight class. Knock it off. Yeah, all he can do is uh, try to whack Godzilla with his big Kingler claw. And surprisingly, that's all he that can try to do. Surprisingly, that works for a bit, which is like, whoa, what the fuck? I mean, that is, that's a that's a huge ass claw coming down really fast. So who knows? He's probably he probably would be scarier in like the MonsterVerse. Like he had like maybe they'd make him a spider crab or something. I don't know. Those uh, probably because crabs are legit or like lobsters, crabs they legit freak me out, um, and they're small. Um, ugh, the pincers. Uh, so let's let's talk about the story because unfortunately, while Godzilla's here and Ebra's here, there's not a lot of Godzilla in this movie. Um, yeah, you don't see him until about a half hour in, and even then he's sleeping. Yeah, for like I talk because this is not like like it's not like I talk is like oh he's just tired from his fight from space, you know, and from the Probably. last you know he just found an island. I'm gonna chill here. There's nobody here. Leave me the fuck alone. So, uh, it starts oddly enough where, like, and you don't really, like, like, kind of grim where, uh, like, this woman is trying to be consoled that her her son, I believe it's her son, is not dead. Like, I didn't see him in the underworld. And her, her other son is like, no, he's alive. Um, to... Yeah, this kid's a real fucking creeper in the beginning of this movie, I'd like to say. Yeah, go, go ahead, go further into that. Like, um... As soon as he uh, tries to inform the police to uh, try to find his uh, missing brother, like, he goes into full creeper mode and uh, tries to go to this dance contest where the winner gets a yacht. He looks like that he is a serial killer in the making because right. he stares off far into space. Yeah. It's um, kind of off-putting. Yeah. But be- besides that part, I do like the dancing scene just because it's like a sneak peek into, like... 60s Japanese culture that you don't really get to see that much. It's also a sneak peek to one of my favorite scenes in the movie, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. Um, so basically, he's trying to find his brother. Nobody believes him. And he just happens to stumble upon a contest that is giving away a free yacht if you can survive a dance marathon. And it's basically these... I'm guessing they're teenagers because they have to be because no adult would do yeah. this. I'd yeah. imagine that uh, Adam West Batman would be here doing the Batootsie. Yes. Um, and they're basically, like, dancing till they pass out. Because, I mean, it's a yacht. Like, all, like that sounds easy, but then your endurance. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, the young man gets roped up with these two... I'm going to call them delinquents, because they seem like yeah. delinquents. Um, get roped up, and they're like, you want to see a yacht? And they stumble upon this yacht, and... Um, they find this guy who's just, and they, you think it's his yacht for a while. I actually thought it was his yacht. Also, hi, puppy. Um, I think you're, yeah. Hello, Luna. Um, and, uh, and like all of us, and you think it's his yacht, but then you, re- then, then the, the, the one who's trying to find his brother, um, as I find his, I should actually be saying his name. I, I think it's, uh, uh, Ryoto. I think that's his name. I um, think for- so, yeah. Yeah, he's he just commandeers the fucking thing while they're sleeping. I'm like, dude, you're not even gonna tell anybody. And now they're like lost in the middle of the ocean. Like that's terrifying. Um, oh, I, I'm sorry. I hate the ocean. It's so fucking scary. Um, let alone like fictional monsters. Let alone like or non-fictional monsters. Let alone fictional monsters. Um, but like, and 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 then they wind up on an island somehow, or like they get they get stranded because of Ebra. Ebra attacks them, 
and they get stranded on, on an island, and they somehow run into a terrorist organization led by Dr. Serizawa. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, uh, the, the, uh, I can't, um, let's see. He um, put his eye patch back on. Yeah, my canon is that, um, that Dr. Serizawa didn't die. This is my stupid head can. It's not true. That he and then he became M Bison. He, yeah, he basically had amnesia. He gets blown away from the blast, and he just like he becomes a dictator or a a, a, a ruler of this terror uh, this terrorist organization. Um, who oddly enough are kidnapped. Which I thought this part was actually cool and interesting. They were kidnapping people from Infant Island. So there's your Mothra connection right there. Um, to make, yeah, I legit thought that Mothra was in this movie. Yeah, well, she, she, I mean, she is in it, but she doesn't do anything. Um, She's mostly sleeping. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, so, like, basically, shenanigans ensue, and it's basically a sort of get off the island shenanigans while you do. But they with... can't get off the island because there's a giant crab monster blocking the way. Right, and the only way to get off the island successfully is to spray this yellow liquid stuff um that comes from like fruit yellow fruits they specific, i don't they look like lemons but i don't think they're lemons um I don't, i'm pretty sure they really are lemons they probably are lemons but like they, like they're an exotic <laughs> island fruit no they're lemons dude i see they're lemons um and so yeah that's basically the plot of the movie and i don't know about you tyler but i found this way more fun than i think it has any right to be yeah i agree with that like, especially uh, when Godzilla comes into play, that's when things get really interesting. Oh, yeah. But even before then, um, like, I thought the dynamic between the three actors, between the thief, the delinquents... He's and not the... a thief. He's not a thief. He likes, yeah. he likes to insist that he's not a thief. Yeah, it's great. That's the greatest running gag in this fucking movie. Um, he's so great. Uh, and he always comes in hand. He always comes in. By the way, he has a fake toy gun. That's like, he points a gun. When... One thing I skipped over... Is he? He points a gun at them because like, you're on my yacht. Turns out he it's not his yacht. He's just there because he stole the yacht, even though he's not. He considers a thief, and he's like, "Well, I, I, in uh, Ryota, the 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 I don't I don't know. I want to give him a suffix, like a way to the describe creeper boy. The creeper bro- the creeper older little brother is like, I grabbed your gun and it broke, and I'm like, motherfucker, this is a fucking toy." I thought he dismantled it because he was nuts. Yeah, no, that would have been much better. But like, uh, no, he's just—it's just a toy gun. Um, and so basically, uh, and they meet up with a uh, with a a, uh, uh, a infant island girl, a lady, a lady uh, native named Io. Yes, she is basically uh, that. Uh, there's like, and oddly enough, there's there's no romance element. She's just like along with the journey. Which, in, if this is an American movie. The brother would either get with her, or the thief, or or the delinquents would try to hit on her. Like they call her pretty, but they never do anything, which is good. I'm glad. I was I was I'm, I was glad. It was just like, look, we're just trying to get off this fucking island. I want to go home. There's um, a group that respects their boundaries. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, and Infant Islands, like I said, they're being they're being captured. Um, Godzilla, like it's odd that Godzilla's on this island. Like you, like they just they they just stumble upon him sleeping in a cave. It's very coincidental too, because yeah. this is the same island that has a gigantic uh, guardian crab monster and this terrorist organization that's uh, making all this yellow shit. Right? Like why? Why are you, like it's it's just like like it's one of those things you just kind of have to just like okay he's here 
he he's just here. I don't know how Ebra didn't see him the first time, or maybe Ebra just didn't give a like. Okay, I'm not doing this this time. But he probably uh, sensed his uh, overwhelming cool coolness and uh, just uh, backed off and let him pass. Probably, yeah. Um, either that or Ebra itself was asleep. Uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, uh, and so basically, in a sense. Uh, the the delinquents and uh, Dio decide we have to wake Godzilla up, and this is kind of where like that whole element of Godzilla as a hero kind of thing comes more into play because one of the one of the delinquents says like well like well Godzilla could blow the fuck blow us up because um, the terrorist organization is building nuclear bombs. I don't know how they're building nuclear bombs with such limited technology, but they're building nuclear bombs, um, and uh, they're selling to highest bidder. So like one of the delinquents says. Well, we can't wake Godzilla up. He 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 could kill us all. I like Godzilla wouldn't do that. I'm like, motherfucker, do we have to go back ten years? Like, are we? Are yeah. We just... Did you immediately forget about that guy? Like, I get it. He saved the planet last time, but do you remember what happened before? The dude destroyed everything. Um, well, to be fair, it can't be any worse than uh, what the terrorists are doing, right? True. Lesser of two evils. Yeah. Um, Godzilla just wanted to sleep. Um, in all honesty. And just leave him alone. Um, but, like, like there's a lot of good humor bits. Uh, like, one thing I love about this movie, Tyler, is that a lot of the movies that we've seen, all the movies we've seen this far, are in Japan. They're in Tokyo. Maybe you'll get a beach scene. Maybe you'll get something in the forest. But there's a lot of industrial parts to it, right? Uh, and, like I said, and the Japanese comes right. I One of the parts I love about this movie is that it's a lot, it's all on an island. I mean, granted, some of it's on the set that's on an, that's made to look like an island. But I love the fact that it was so different, visually looking, than the mother, movies we've seen before. Except for Astro Monster, but that's a whole different case. Yeah. How did you, how did you feel about the whole, like island setting for this movie the, like Godzilla doesn't destroy any well he does destroy buildings but like he doesn't destroy as he much he destroys as, their base yeah he destroys their base but it's definitely not near the amount of carnage that you've seen in prior films up to this point it's a nice change of pace uh, just having a Godzilla stomp around a mostly deserted island and uh, you know instead of uh, stomping out innocents he's stomping out bad guys uh, for all intents and purposes I mean he's kind of doing what he does best Except he's uh, dancing to Rockefeller music. Yeah, which is odd because I think one of the fight scenes, like they play like that, that kind of music, and I'm like, what, what the fuck? That's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, like, because it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. Like it's it comes, it starts off with Godzilla somehow falling in love with Dio uh, again, mirroring the fact that that's supposed to be King Kong. Right, and. Uh, then all of a sudden, a random-ass condor comes out and attacks him, which, by the way, is probably one of the worst-filmed Godzilla fights ever. Oh my god, so, yeah. He he kicks the condor's ass, and then does this cocky, yeah, twerk-nothing pose, Yeah, and then immediately goes back to sleep, and immediately after, fighter planes start attacking him, and then he starts dancing to this Rockefeller music. I was slain at that moment. It, it was, was so ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Like, I just went with it. I'm like, "Okay, we're we're here now. We're we're here now." Um, and that leads into a conference. Like, that's the weirdest part about Godzilla in this movie is his quote unquote love for Dio. I mean, Dio is a very pretty woman in this. Like, there's no denying about that. Um, 
But, like, Godzilla has never, up until this point, has never shown any affection towards humanity. Uh, and obviously it's it's a Kong over, holdover, but you would have think they would have said, Godzilla doesn't do that. Like, nah, they just keep it in the script. It's fine. It's fine. Let him have sexual feelings for this small native island woman. Um, but, ah, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's such a, like, it's not the weirdest Godzilla movie, because we're not even there to the weirdest one yet. Uh, we're close. We're close, but we're not I'm, there. I'm pretty sure we're one more in. Um, we're getting there. We're getting to the... This is... I, I think this is the start of the weird era um, of Godzilla, where, like, they kind of... Uh, I wouldn't say experiment, but they definitely have more fun. The analogies are kind of gone. The symbolism is gone. So, yeah, it's catering more towards children at this point. Right. Um, you know, the superhero aspect of him, or the sil- the silliness, rather, not necessarily the superhero... Um, but I think, I think it's fine so far. I mean, like, I can't, I have uh, the next one, I think, which I think is Son of Godzilla, which that's going to be. Yeah, it's Son of Godzilla. Yeah, that's the next one. So I'm look. I've never seen that one either. So that'll be fun. Um, so let's, let's talk about, like I said, we already talked a little about Godzilla himself. Um, let's, let's talk, let's talk about those fights. We hit the two fights he has with Ebra. Uh, and you already mentioned. Oh my God. The first one is the best. Yes, it is. Do you want to go over it? Okay, so basically Godzilla wakes up from his power nap uh, due to uh, lightning shocks. Again, Kong. Uh, And then he sees Ebra over in the ocean. He throws a rock at him, and then they play a mean game of volleyball with this rock. (laughs) Yeah. I was... When I was watching it... um... You, I was like, you get that weak shit out of here. No, you get that weak shit out of here. No, you get that weak shit out of here. They were literally playing tennis with rocks. Oh, my God. It was, it was great. Um, but the, I think one of the more unique parts of the fight was the fact that Ebra drug Godzilla's ass underwater, and it's our first ever underwater fight with Godzilla. Um, which, granted, it looks stiff, and you would, you know, like, you would think a creature like because Godzilla isn't really established, even though he comes out of the water, at this point he's not really established to be like a swimmer or anything. He just happens to travel through water. Um, he's more of a, he's considered more of a land creature. It, like, you would think like Ebro would be like outclassing him at this point, but it's basically the same fight on land, it just visually looks different. Yeah, like they really cheaped out with that, I feel. Like yeah, and, and it's the it's the most technically it's the most innovative part of the movie because you had never seen an underwater fight before. I mean, we saw him go underwater in uh, the first one, but that was just more of him dying, not necessarily a fight scene, and um, also retreating. Yes, that's that too. That too. Um, but yeah, they kind of like it, it ends in a stalemate because like I don't even remember what it was that made them stop the fight. Um, I think Ebro kind of got bored. Yeah, Ever just backs the fuck off. I'm like, okay, I'm going away now. Um, but the second fight is not that great um, in comparison, but it does give our first ever example of like mutilation in the Godzilla series. He fucking declaws Ebra. Yeah, that's so fucked up. I'm like, oh, that's mean. What the Even hell? More evidence that he just wanted a lobster dinner with Mothra and just have a slam and beach party. Yeah. It's just like like that's that's the arguably the most memorable part of the second fight is like, because like it's a like, Ebra's because Ever, Ebra's pretty big like the way they portray him like the like like I don't know how tall like it's clearly standing up I don't know how that works with the crap, 
but it's a giant enemy crab, so who knows. But, like, that's, like, the best part of that second fight, is just seeing Godzilla just... Nah, bitch, your claw is mine now. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it is pretty brutal, but, uh... They gotta top the, uh... Anger's getting roasted alive scene from Raids Again. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, this, this kinda rivals it. I think Anger's getting roasted alive is still slightly better, but, like... You know, granted, there was... I, I kind of expected, like, that Japanese, like, you know, where they had the, the squirting blood. I kind of expected that. Maybe they didn't put it in because it it's for kids, but... Or um, maybe it was too expensive. Pro- that's probably the more true reason. It's probably... Pro- maybe they wanted to do that, but, like, yeah, we don't have that in the budget. <laughs> we spent that. Which, by the way, speaking of budgets, Godzilla's suit. Starting to see somewhere in terror a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, like he looks way goofier in this movie. Yeah, and maybe you you probably couldn't wouldn't it, like I guarantee you probably like on either older monitors or like older versions of the movie, uh, like back when it was released like on VHS, you probably couldn't tell. But like watching it on these you know crisp clean Blu-rays, um, you can see like parts starting to come off just a little bit. It's not too bad, but like you can tell. Okay, this is the third time they've used this suit. And they've put it through the ringer several times already, so it's yeah, it's and we're, it's only gonna. Get, I'm telling you, people, you're gonna start noticing a lot more as as we get more further into the '70s. It's gonna get rough, especially in the later films. Yeah. Um. So, I'm not sure what else to say about this movie. Um, the music is definitely different. Oh, hell yeah. I already mentioned the weird off-putting music when uh, Godzilla fights the fighter jets. And that in itself was an odd music choice. Exactly. Like, if you were expecting uh, Akira Fukubei's iconic score, it's nah. It's it's gone. It's not here. Even when Godzilla's coming out, Godzilla comes out to, like, like that 60s-era type music, you know, with the guitar. Like, it's, it's like, what am I watching? What is this? But I like loved shit. it. When Ebra first appears and attacks the sailboat, you can hear traces of the James Bond theme. Right. It's just... It's like... I. And part of me wants to believe they had fun making this, because com- I think it comes through in the movie. Like, it's just a fun movie to watch. Um, that being said, I don't know why Mothra's here. Like... Like, like they couldn't find a way to... Uh... Uh, get the guys off the island, I guess. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's a plot device. You're, you're absolutely right. Because, like, and obviously, it, like, it's the same, it has to be the same caterpillar from, uh, Ghidorah, who just happened to evolve and we didn't see it. Um, Probably, yeah. Um, but, like, for the mo like, to, I'm surprised it did, one, okay, one thing I don't like this movie, okay, they did a new version of the Mothra song, because they're trying to pray to Mothra to, uh, to get her to, to rescue her people, right? Nah, Mothra's just like, y'all dog, I'm asleep. I, I don't need this. And it takes people three days to sing and dance to her just to wake her up. Right. The thing is, though, I remember them showing the exact, almost the exact same scene twice of them praying to Mothra, which is like, okay, they're clearly trying to pad out the runtime a little bit if they're showing this twice. It's a beautiful song, and the Shobijin, who are new Shobijin for this movie... Um, I think, I, well, I don't like this particular version of the Mothra, of a Mothra theme. I think it's fine. I just don't 
care for it as much as the original one. Yeah, um, I can see that. But like, do we really need two sep- two scenes that are essentially the same thing of them praying to Mothra to get her to wake her ass up? Probably. It just seems like uh, it just conveys to us that Mothra is incredibly lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Um, and then ultimately, like I said, she's just a plot device. So like, um. Uh, so I, I get to get to mention the older the the, the creepers little a uh, little brother's older brother is alive, he's on Infant Island, um, and I think Dial or uh, one of the natives uh, tells tells uh, one of the delinquents that gets thrown in prison. Um, and it's like he happened to watch him on Infant Island, so he's like that. that like again, it's it's one of those things you just kind of have to accept, right? And like I don't. Like I know some people will criticize the movie, like, oh, of, co- of course he's on Infinite. I'm like, dude, come on, like, just just roll with it. Like I rolled with that, but I love that um, they're both considered hotheads uh, when, when you get the two brothers together. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Chill. We gotta sit. Like, stop acting like a hero. Um, but like, I love that the people. In the I have island, a plan. Attack. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, but, uh, like, they're just... I love that the people in the island love to be vague as fuck. Alright, when you go back to the island, you need to tell our people to build a net. They'll know why. Okay, that's that's confident. Okay, I, I believe you. Uh, and... The net's not big enough. Shit! Exactly. Um, they ultimately use that net so Mothra can carry the people home, which I think that's pretty cool. Um... And also knock Godzilla's ass on them so that they could get away safely. Yeah, because even though he's, like, the hero, it's, it's weird. It's weird with him right now. But, yeah, no Mothra fights. Like, honestly, I think this would have been much better if it was a Mothra movie. Like, and you had Mothra versus Ebra, you know, like, how, how does a air creature deal with the creature of the sea, you know? It's especially... That actually does sound interesting. Yeah, and especially because... This movie surrounds the people in Finn Island, right? Um, and her people are being stolen, so it would make sense for her to get her ass up um, and and go rescue her people. Versus Godzilla, she's like, I just woke up, what the fuck happened? Like, Godzilla doesn't give a shit. No. He's the Monkey D. Luffy of this movie. He's just there to fight. Yeah, that's, that's all. He's just there to fight and eat a crab. That's it. You see that crab right there? I'm gonna go fuck it up. That's that's Godzilla's mentality during this movie. And fall, fall and I'm in love gonna with go woman. dance. Yeah, and fall in love with a Pacific Islander woman. Um, yeah, this is a this is such a strange follow up to Invasion of Astro Monster, but I don't think it's a bad movie at all. No, not at all. Like it's definitely I, more entertaining than I would give it credit for. True. Like I I kind of I I like I think I said earlier, but I'll say it again. I was dreading watching this. I'm like, do I really want to watch this movie tonight? Because I was tired from work. And um, I'm like, fuck it, just do it. Because if I don't do it today, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I don't want to watch it on my phone. Um, and like, I was like, yeah, this is... I don't, well, I, well, I don't think it's a must-see in the Godzilla's universe. There are much better movies. But like, it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, any, any other tidbits or facts that we missed in this? Oh, yeah, there was a scene where, uh, the heroes are sneaking around the, uh, Red Bamboo's base, and, uh, they were using a fake bush, and, uh, Dio was carrying a bird in his hand, and, uh, my thought was, a bird in a hand is worth five in a bush. Yes. That, oh, my <laughs> God. I, <laughs> I love that scene. 
where they're where they're trying to sneak around with the bush. That is so like, I know it's not Scoop. They didn't get the instruction Scooby Doo, but like I I just like that's a fucking Scooby Doo thing to do. Like, we're gonna sneak. We're gonna sneak in. Okay, gang, stick close together. Stop. I'm pretty sure this is also where John Woo got his inspiration. Yes. <laughs> um, like, I and I don't. I don't recall the Godzilla community shitting on this movie, like, but it's also not talked about, and that's probably for a reason, like, you, there's plenty of other good Godzilla movies to watch, but, you know, if you've seen them all and you haven't seen Ebra, you're not going to hurt yourself by seeing Ebra. The next one you're going to hurt yourself by watching, I think. I could be wrong. Um, it could be one of the best, but it could also be one of the worst. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of anything else to add to Ebra. Um... Um, oh yeah, we forgot to mention that the island was gonna blow up at the end. Oh um, yeah, it turns into like a nuclear. Sonic Adventure Two stole this. Yeah, like the whole like um, they basically set uh, the Red Bamboo, the terrorist organization, set the island to be set to self destruct, and like it's basically a race to get off the island. What I love though is I thought the villains were gonna get away, right? I thought the Red Bamboo was gonna get away. But in the earlier part of the movie, um, one of the liquids who gets thrown in jail with the other people of Infant Island, they're like, hey, stop making this yellow, this real yellow shit and just make fake stuff. Because like the guards don't fucking care. The guards aren't watching them, so just do it, right? Um, then they try to escape and get fucked up by Evera. Yeah, so the only way you can get on onto the island and not deal with the wrath of the sea monster is spraying this yellow liquid, which might be pee. Uh, it's not pee, it's fruit juice. Um, and for some reason... It's, pro- that keep- it's popcorn butter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for some reason that keeps Ever away. I, like, they never explain it, which is fine. But I'm like, why? Oh, okay, maybe he doesn't like the smell or whatever. Um, of that. It's probably seasoning. Probably. He is a lobster after all. True, he's like, oh shit, they're trying to cook me. Fuck this. I'm out. Um, and like, the best part though is when, like, they try to get away, they're spraying the yellow liquid, and one of the liquids goes like, oh, that's a fake batch that they have in there. They're about to get fucked up. And sure and behold, you see Ebra just come out of the water and just karate chop that fucking boat in half. <laughs> just just get get fucked. Um, I, I played the... Uh, I rewound that moment several times with the MLG air horn and just saying, Get fucked, assholes! <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, my favorite part of that whole uh, island blowing up bit is... Uh, uh, when the humans escape with Mothra, uh, they're pleading Godzilla to get off the island. And he totally does in the most awesome way possible. He fucking cannonballs into the ocean. Yeah, that was that was great. That was... Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, like, there's... It's, like, there's... This is definitely a... Bu- I, was, like, I was expecting to be on par with raids again, right? I was fully expecting that. Um, just because it's not Honda... It's, it's, like, I was worried we were going to get boring human characters. And they're not the greatest ever, but they do their job. They're serviceable, and they're funny. And they're entertaining to watch. Especially because there's not a lot of monster fights in this one. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, let's give it a rating. Because I think, I don't think, I feel like trying to add too much analysis to ever a horror the deep is a bad idea. I don't think there's much yeah. here. Um, but uh, overall, I think Ebra's a cool monster, even though not a fought, opponent Godzilla should have fought. Weird-ass decisions that ultimately led to a oddly satisfying monster escape from the island movie. 
I give it a solid two and a half. You know what? That was the same rating that I put for it. The heroes and villains are just there. Uh, Ebra is a means for the characters to not leave the island. And Godzilla solely exists to justify him, despite being the best part of the movie. Despite the weak plot and characters, the cheesy moments stand out and made me laugh at how ridiculous it got. Exactly, and that's gonna not, that's not gonna change going forward in this era of Godzilla. So if you love the seriousness of the first five movies, except for King Kong versus Godzilla, um, it's about to get very different. Um, if you have if you know even a little bit about Godzilla, but so just give a teaser next week. Next week we're gonna see what what's it like for Godzilla to have a child, um, which is so odd to say. Because, God, they have hey, to... Hey, man, there was a Bride of Frankenstein. True. And there was the Son of Dracula. True. So it's not that far out. And, yeah, this... Oddly enough, no space aliens. Like, you would, like... Like, no space... I don't think we get space aliens again till till the movie after uh, Son of Godzilla, which I think... I could be wrong. Um, you, uh, you would think they would do that again, but no, it's just regular human people because humanity is the true evil. Um, Humans suck. So yeah, the next next uh, next week's episode is going to be on Son of Godzilla. So we're going to meet. I think it's called Mila, Mila, um, uh, Manila, Manila. Yeah, uh, not to be confused with the '90s uh, R&B song uh, "Million Millie." Um, although I might make that reference again next week. Uh, so yeah, looking for that. Look forward to that. Uh, Tyler, let's get out of here because I don't think we should talk about Evera before a giant enemy crab attacks both of us out of our out of nowhere. Uh, where can the people find you, buddy? You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTy. I also uh, stream uh, Sonic games over at, at twitch.tv slash TyYourShoes1. Right now I am doing a marathon of Sonic games where, uh, as of day 11, I have beaten Sonic Unleashed. Oof. My god, dude. I would have been sick of Sonic by, like, day four. <laughs> dude, I almost died at Shadow the Hedgehog. Like, I was so bored. Oh, no. That's... That's the worst. Um, so, uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all your self, all things concerning the, mar- the self-proclaimed marvelous one. And of course, tune in to every Friday night at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm not going to do West Coast time because I don't know anybody in the West Coast. Uh, do the math conversions, nerds. Um, for the Charge Shot Games podcast, uh, where me, Justin, and Thomas talk about the weeks and video games we've been playing and the news around the bender. I don't know why I said that, but I'm going to stick with it. Um, thank you, for everybody, for listening. And until next week, go, go, Godzilla. Wash your crab claws, guys.